Welcome to the Bridge Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message from our equipping pastor, Dennis Kozlov. To access other resources or to find out more information about our church, visit thebridgespringfield.com or find us on social media at The Bridge Springfield. I'm still going to do that, guys. Good morning, church. You know, I, I, am, I am heavy-hearted today, but my joy didn't leave. Still have joy. And I may be a little bit emotionally unstable today, and I hope for your understanding and grace for that. But I'm ready to rejoice because the death is overcome. The death is overcome. The sting of death has been taken away. And of course, our dream was to <clears throat> bring my mom here because, I mean, my, 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 my march was packed with events, beautiful and not so beautiful. We became, last time you heard me preach, I was still a Russian citizen. Today, I'm an American citizen. And that was, that was a great joy and that was a long process that we've been waiting for for nine long years and we've done it right we've done it by the book we paid a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of effort and i've been practicing for nine years by paying taxes anyway <laughs> so <laughs> i know how it feels <laughs> so there was a taxation without representation for nine long years but and then, of course, we wanted, as soon as we got our citizenship, we started talking about how we're going to start working on paperwork to bring my mom over so that the last years of her life, she would live with the family and enjoy. It was not meant to happen. But let me tell you something. Uh, the last series of messages that we did called Religious Detox. And every time we, we would call her or she would call us and praise the Lord for internet, we, we could talk. Uh, I was always afraid because she was emotionally unstable sometimes and sometimes she would just start getting into this mo mood of like feeling pity for herself like oh I'm alone and you guys I don't know how when and how are we gonna reunite and it was tough but sometimes the Spirit of God would just rise in her and faith would rise in her and she would begin to know and she would begin to speak words of faith and she would be encouraged and her heart would be encouraged and I last time I and we started translating these messages that we do here and putting them into Russian. So she's been able to listen to our preaching here. And she listened to this religious detox series and she was so encouraged. She said, I can't hear any other preachers anymore. Because I, I, I hear a lot of religious stuff that brings me down. I want to hear the stuff that raises me up to the Lord and lets me walk with Him. And that's, guys, if you haven't listened to the series that we named religious detox please go online listen through the series and in a sense we do continue this series forever here so because the gospel detox you detoxifies you from religious particles in your system okay that's my encouragement to you guys all right okay i'm trying to recompose and start continuing this message now all right this we we're in the middle of a series that we called the heart of the new covenant you guys are in the middle of special relationship with God that he calls covenantal relationship and it's a new covenant that never existed before Jesus has come and began to unfold it and there is a book that we base this series 
It's a book that was written by Paul, the book of Ephesians. And uh, some theologians call the book of Ephesians the Grand Canyon of the New Testament. It's such a great vista. Many of us have, are used to think of God as someone who is quick to rescue us from our problems, who fixes everything that goes wrong, which is true. Who is like a first responder. We get into some kind of a crisis and we call unto His name and He comes for rescue. He responds, He reacts. But this is not the vista that is given to us in the book of Ephesians. In the book of Ephesians, Paul, Apostle Paul takes us to the high peak of this beautiful mountain. He takes us to this place and time before there was place and time. He brings us all the way back to eternity past. And he shows us God who has his heart full of love. He shows us God who is before he is all-knowing, all-powerful. He is relational being. He's God the Father. He is the Son. He is the most gentle Holy Spirit. And his heart is full of this relationship. He is not self-seeking, egotistical, solitary being in the heaven. He's a family. And his heart is full of this love. And he has this heart's desire. And in his infinite wisdom, he devised a plan. And this plan is to bring millions of children into this family. And everything that he does in the history... He does to do this. Paul, in the book of Ephesians, keeps referring to this plan as the mystery of God's will. He says this mystery has been concealed. It was hidden in God for centuries, centuries, for generations of people. And when Jesus has finally come, He fulfilled this plan and He revealed this plan. And by receiving and understanding this revelation of this plan... You become part of this plan and you begin to fulfill this plan along with Him. And this plan can be crystallized by two words, Christ and the church. Those two C's, Christ, big capital C, Christ. I know you heard the word Christ so, so much in your life that it almost has no meaning. But listen to me, Christ is the mystery of God. There were glimpses through the Word of God, through the history, when people were trying to understand what is God about. Maybe God is a judge. Maybe God is this. Maybe God is that. Maybe God is this. Maybe God is that. And Paul said that was all partially educated guesses. Only Jesus Christ is the ultimate revelation of the heart of God. Jesus is the final explanation who God is. And who is this God? This God is not someone who wants your worship from far away. He's not someone who wants to sit on the high and uh, elevated throne and see you come and think that you're nobody and just go and say, I'm nobody, have mercy on me. That's not the God that Jesus reveals. Christ means anointed. Anointing represents the very spirit, the essence of God coming deep and penetrating a human being to an extent that this human becomes one with God on this earth. And the kingdom of God that used to be far, far away, kingdom of heaven, now has come into the midst of people. 
God is relationship of love. In the beginning was the Word. What is Word? Word is communication. It's speaking, it's talking, it's looking, it's looking into someone's face, looking into their eyes and speaking and listening. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Everything was created through Him. Nothing has been created without Him. And the Word became flesh. The eternal, holy God became human being, a little fetus in a woman's womb. And a child, and a baby, and a toddler, and a Jewish little teenager. Eternal God. It blows your mind. It defies logic. It's, it's impossible to understand with natural mind. But when you would talk, touch Him, you would touch God. It says, and the Word became flesh and came to dwell among us. The original Greek word there is it pitched its tent around us. And Jewish people knew what tent meant. It was a special place of the presence of God. For modern theologians, and I'm sorry for repeating it so many times, for modern theologians and philosophers, you ask them, where is God? They will point to this place and that place. They won't, actually. They would say God is almighty, all-powerful, all-omniscient. For a Jewish person, he would say, yeah, God is all-present, omnipresent. But if you want to know personal God, God of the covenant, God who builds relationship with you, God who can speak to you, God who can listen to you, you need to be in the covenant and you need to come to that specific place called the temple, the tabernacle. There was a special place called Holy of Holies and God dwelt there. There was a throne of God. It was not in heaven anymore. The throne of mercy was in the middle of this dark room. How in the world can you get into this dark room and not stumble because there was a shining of God's glory in there. And it was a type of what was coming. And when Jesus came, he brought this reality on earth. That's why you would, you would get up in the morning 2,000 years ago. And if you lived in Israel, and if your heart would resonate, you know where to go. It was no longer in Jerusalem. That temple was just a type. The reality was this carpenter from this Jewish village. And he said, if you see me, you see the Father. If you touch me, you touch the Father. You touch eternity. I am the Father. I and the Father are one. When I walk... Father walks with me. I am never alone. And this is the mystery, Christ. And when he has come, he said, at a certain point, he said, I'm going to die. I'm going to break this shell of human flesh to release this amazing life, this mystery, this spirit. I'm going to shed my blood to wash the sins away from all the people. And they will be clean and able to receive the Spirit, this reality that I have. And the only begotten Son became the firstborn. And you know what? If there's a first, there's a second. If there's a second, there's a third. And I don't know your number today and my number. But if you receive Jesus, you have received this. Guys, I'm excited about it. I'm sorry. I started preaching the gospel. I don't, I'm not sorry for preaching the gospel. But that's... That's the vista. That's the vista that Paul presents. 
and in the light of that he begins to talk about a Christian life he builds every epistle like this he presents the gospel and he says in the light of this gospel he uses this word therefore let me tell you how it plays out in your practical life a very bad mistake is made by so many pastors and preachers they take this first part for granted and they graduate from that and they begin to teach you how to live and it's not working it's religion it's dead he over and over he brings you back to this big vista to this big light of God's love manifested who God is revealed in Christ Jesus and he said in the light of that therefore learn to live in a certain way and now I'm going to come to this portion of the book of Ephesians let's read it we're going to read it slowly it's a very dense pithy text so read it slowly like you've never re read it before let's try to listen to it and it's packed I'm not going to be able to unfold and unpack everything but I will get your attention to few things that are very relevant to you and to me today okay I'll start with Ephesians 4 chapter 4 verse 1 I'm going to skip some of the verses because they might get you lost and confused. So I'm going to just read to get your attention to those. Ephesians 4, 1 will begin. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace there is one body and there is one spirit just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call one lord one faith one baptism one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all one but grace was given to each one according to the measure of Christ's gift then I'm going to skip part of the Old Testament quotation which is great if you have your personal time of study study that it's a song of the victory in war that starts with words let God arise and his enemies will be scattered that's the reality of the church God arises and the enemy of God are scattered and people are set free but we're not going to go there so he continues in verse 11 and he gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the shepherds and teachers why to equip the saints you guys for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood or in other translations says to the full stature of Christ or to the full measure of Christ to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by waves 
and carried about by every wind of doctrine by human cunning by craftiness and deceitful schemes listen verse 15 and 16 very important let's listen to this but rather speaking the truth in love we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ grow into Christ that's your calling that's my calling some alternative messages are going on <laughs> from whom the whole body and listen to every word right now so if you grow into Christ into the head speaking the truth in love here's what's gonna happen the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly this whole thing makes the body grow so that it builds itself in love do you see the picture Christ was a mystery of God revealed you have no clue that the church is the mystery of God carried out today it's not an organization it's a living organism with Christ as the head and you as the body and Christ wants to feel all and in all through you and he gave you his spirit for you to experience the reality of God in your life but this is not all the call of God is twofold it's to receive the gift of Jesus and it's to be the church in this world to be Jesus to people people are gonna meet Jesus through you and for you to be able to be part of this work you need to have a special attitude specific certain attitude and that's what Paul is talking about and I am so amazed at the genius of the Holy Spirit because after showing this great tremendous panoramic view this vista you would think oh he'll probably gonna call us to the great exploits for God no he says so in light of this walk walk worthy of your calling this is a huge calling but walk you know what walk is walk I'm just demonstrating what walk is it's a tiny little uh, seemingly insignificant mundane incremental motions that I do through the day walk in the New Testament denotes your lifestyle small things you get up in the morning what do you do do you stretch first do you put your feet down I don't know what you do that's part of your walk and you go and you brush your teeth and you whatever you do you get in the car you make your breakfast that's walk and Paul said that you guys have been called to receive this gift now look make sure see that your walk your daily walk matches that and it's an all a guilt trip I know a lot of preachers will slap you in the face and say hey ah, ooh, ah, ah. And you go well that was a strong that was a powerful service today and you don't care no I want you to receive the gift to see that whoa you're filled with the Thanksgiving looking at what Jesus has done and you're like oh that thing doesn't match like Lisa today 
That's part of the walk. Part of her walk was watching a lot of those shows. And Jesus said, hey, daughter of mine, I love you so much. I know you, you pray a lot, but I'm ready to give you stuff that you've never experienced before. Can you make some room for me? That's not this slapping in the face sanctification messages. That's actually yummy invitation to the creamy inside of a heavenly Twinkie. <laughs> Seriously. So the calling is twofold. To receive Jesus Christ as a gift of God. Gift, 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 gift of God's grace. No price tag attached to that. Don't listen to preachers who attach price tag to stuff. It's God's grace. And as you receive Him, so walk in Him. As you receive Him as a gift, walk in that gift. As you received it in grace, walk in grace. Unfortunately, they give you grace in the beginning, but then they use the switch and bite, you call it. By bait and switch. I'm sorry, I butcher American grammar. Bait and switch. I mean, you're like, ah! Boom, no gift. Now I have to do payments every week. <laughs> That's not true. So guys, I know, I mean, we laugh, we cry. That's all good. But listen, this is a chance for us to let somebody receive Jesus for the first time. I know it's America. It's considered to be a Christian country. Most of you identify yourself as Christians. But I want people who have never prayed to invite Jesus as a gift of God's grace into their heart to do it right now. And I want them to be comfortable. That's why I want everybody to stand up. We're going to pray together. And only those who have never prayed this prayer with real intention to pray this prayer, you know who you are. Let us pray right now. Let's close our eyes. I'm going to say the words. Repeat after me, but mean it from your heart. Let's invite Jesus and the Holy Spirit into our hearts together so that people who have never done it, would be able to do it comfortably without thinking, oh, it's weird. Okay, eyes closed, mean it. Repeat after me. Father God, thank you so much for the gift of grace. Your Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, I thank you for coming and revealing the heart of the Father. And I invite you right now to come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Reveal the Father to me personally. I belong to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. Sit down. So if, guys... If any of you have done it for the first time, meaning it, please come talk to me, Pastor Neil or Wes, because we want to celebrate it with you. And today we're going to have baptisms here. So if you feel like you want to be baptized, even if you haven't planned, we'll find like a set of clothes for you and towels. Don't worry. We'll, we'll get you dry up somehow. We'll figure it out. Just, just come. We'll, it's a wonderful thing. Okay, guys. Okay, let me get back to my... So first is to receive Jesus Christ as a gift of grace. But the second is to walk, to be His church in this world. And just like I told you in the book of Colossians 2.6, 
we read, therefore, as you have received Jesus Christ as Lord, so walk in Him. So Christian walk, quality of it is the same as the initiation of it, as the beginning of it. It begins by grace as a gift. Here's how it works, guys. You need to recognize that you're totally and utterly disqualified to receive God's Spirit. And that makes you qualified. Does, do you hear me? You say, Jesus, I have nothing in me. I have nothing in me that would enable me to participate in your move, in your plans, in your ideas. And I recognize that you provided the fullness of everything I need in Jesus. So you start with Jesus and you continue by Jesus and you finish with Jesus. He's Alpha, the first letter, and He's Omega, the last letter, and everything in, in between. All right? Okay. So, okay. Uh, some of you would probably think, okay, Dennis is going to talk about apostles, pastors, evangelists. I'm not going to. There are tons of books written about it, but I want to draw your attention to a very specific thing that is very relevant to you and to me. All right. So, God is building the presence place, the temple. I'm going to read to you the, the, the another passage from second chapter of the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 19. Just a reminder what Paul said previously. He said, so then you are no longer strangers. He used to be strangers. You're no longer strangers. You're no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. You know what the cornerstone in every building is? It's everything is aligned to that cornerstone. So everything is attached to that stone. Everything is traced back to that stone. Bless you. Uh, so in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In Him you also are being built together into a dwelling place of God by the Spirit. So I already told you about the temple of God. It's a place of a special presence of God in the Old Testament. But that was a type and a shadow of reality. Reality is you guys as the church. The church is the body of Christ, the dwelling place of God, the place where God can be experienced in a very personal and tangible way. So let's get to the first words of Paul that he's saying about walking worthy. You know, Paul is comparing the life of a church to the life of the body, of a body, of a human being. And he compares people with parts or organs of the body. Do you recognize yourself as an organ? Do you see this? Do you see the vital connection? that God has established between you and other real specific people in this community. If you don't, something's horribly wrong. My wife is right now, she's studying to be a nurse and sometimes I'll look through her books like anatomy and physiology and it's amazing how God created human beings and even animals, you know. An eye is such an amazing, crazy organ. Crazy! All these cones and I don't crazy and beautiful if we want to talk to somebody and feel that we have an intimate connection we'll look them in the eye and somehow you see the soul of a person through the eye beautiful 
Guys, I'm going to say something gruesome. I hope not many children are here. Or Judah, you can handle that. I was walking. I was walking one day back when I lived in Russia. And I was walking on the street. And I saw eyeball of a dog separated from the body laying on the pavement in a I hope nobody pukes but like it was the gruesome very gruesome very disturbing thing that I cannot unsee anymore do you understand that I mean there was an accident the dog got squished by a car and somehow like yeah that it was it was horrible but listen that's a spiritual picture of so many Christians today the other day we had a, a connect group we have small connect groups and the the, the question was raised a, a concern legitimate concern was raised like if you don't instruct new believers how to read the bible properly most likely they will end up in in the error of picking and choosing scriptures from the bible based on their likes and dislikes right their preferences their biases they would they would pick the ones that and a lot of you know that it's wrong and we all agreed that this is a legitimate concern but let me as I was preparing for this sermon I thought yeah most Christians kind of learn not to do that but most of them totally do that to the people God sends to their life do you realize you pick and choose members of the body that God sends into your life not based on his revelation but based on your personal preferences, likes and dislikes, pet peeves. And that's why there's not much reality of a movement of the Spirit. And that's what Paul was so concerned and he's saying, he's saying, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called as a great vista. Listen, with all humility and gentleness, with patience bearing with one another in love eager I looked at several translation eager or putting every effort or being diligent that means being super conscious about something when you're diligent about something you're not doing it automatically you pay attention so he said pay attention so that you would maintain the unity of the spirit that's the attitude he he, he calls us to have and that's not what we have naturally we pick and choose we accept and reject well sometimes we were more refined so we try not to hurt people's feelings too much but we know we don't want to see them and we don't we don't see them do you hear me so you say Jesus is my Lord but your Jesus is a private Lord of your private life which is oxymoron and doesn't exist actually so you're delusional my friend I'm sorry I mean yes there is a big chunk of your personal experience but the call is twofold the call is to receive the gift and to walk to carry the gift to others you only have a part of gift you will never have the whole gift you are to be connected to the body to receive <clears throat> to receive the grace from the head and to release the grace from the head that's how the body operates and works do you hear me I know it's hard for some of you to hear but that's what Paul is talking about so <clears throat> so before I continue I want to point out that all these things that he says well he says be diligent 
to maintain or preserve something that you've been given. So you've been given a unity of the Spirit. So our natural inclination is, okay, I like, I like you, so I'm going to hang out with you and talk to you. And I don't really care for you, so I'm going to kind of, kind of try to avoid you. Right? That's how we operate. Repent. Repent. Change your mind. You say, Jesus is Lord. He sent these people. He brings them to Christ. He brings you to, 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 to this place. And all these things are, listen, he says, all humility and gentleness and patience. Those are not pleasant things, actually, if you think about it. They are only needed when it's unpleasant. You don't need patience or humility when you're like enjoying a company of someone you really enjoy, right? It's only when this weirdo who can't keep his mouth shut tries to talk to me in the most inconvenient moment. That's exactly when you need to have a patience, humility, and everything else. Well, we pursue pleasure. We try to avoid pain. That's painful. So you need to see the rewarding aspect of it. Why? Why do you want to put yourself into this awkward, inconvenient place deliberately? Because exactly in this place, you create a space from the Lord to begin to operate by His Spirit and to build His body. So what you do, you step into that like under cold showers sometimes. You get used to that. And you just stay that little longer without inserting and filling this place with yourself too much. Do you hear me? You invite the Spirit of God into this place of awkwardness. And a lot of those connections start awkward. Don't be alarmed. Actually receive it as a sign that you're doing something right. If you started developing some relationship in the church and it's kind of awkward in the beginning, that's good. That's good. If you're scared by how intense the person is, that's good. If, if you're too intense or you're scared, that's good. That's how you start. Just stay there. Stay connected. Don't feel it all with yourself and your feelings and reactions. Invite the Lord and let the grace of God flow. And you'll be amazed. You will be amazed. And people will be amazed. Because you make room for Jesus. Real Jesus, the same Jesus, not, not an imaginary friend that a lot of preachers talk, but the real one who speaks, who knows, who heals, who touches, who feeds, who makes miracles, even today in 2023. It's not a cultural, nominal American version of Christianity. It's a biblical version of Christianity, Christian faith, all right? So, gosh. Humility. I looked at this word and it was a negative word back at that time. You were not supposed to be humble in the Roman Empire time. It was a negative word but Paul says that's what you need to develop in yourself and basically another way to translate this word is lowliness. You put yourself lower than you would rather be and it says basically the meaning is to be happy and content even if you don't get your way and you're not in control. How's that? To be happy and content even if you're not in control and you don't have a final say and you don't decide how things are. 
And sometimes it's a torture because I know the right way and you guys don't. <laughs> but it's America. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, and I want you to know that it says unity of the Spirit. That's what is given and you are to preserve by this attitude. Unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. And I'm finishing now. So unity of the Spirit is the unity of the Spirit of Christ. It's not unity of your likes and dislikes. It's not unity of being the same generation. I love true diversity. The world is talking about diversity a lot today and they try to artificially squeeze people together. They don't really click and don't really match. In the church, the diversity is a, is a, is a byproduct of making room for Jesus and recognizing Jesus in other people not just in you do you hear me you learn to recognize Jesus in others and this is the most beautiful thing guys so unity of the spirit it's not trying to keep everybody happy you know it's impossible with me I have this charm of Russian abrasiveness but you need to learn to put yourself in my presence, even if you're not comfortable, and stay there. <laughs> and see what the Lord's Spirit is doing. You know, Neil is, he's going through a lot of painful experiences with me. But he's enjoying the fruit of it. Do you? Yeah. Oh, he invited me. It was a big mistake. He invited me to be on the sermon prep team. That's a team of people who actually listen to a version of a sermon that you have by Thursday and then give you a feedback and a critique. And all these nice American Christians, they go, yeah, that was very good, Pastor. <laughs> and Dennis comes. And Neil says, like, what about you, Dennis? I said, do you want me to tell you the truth? He said, yes. You have no message. <laughs> but I thought it was pretty good. No, it wasn't. <laughs> well, it took me time to learn to really dial it down and use the proper words so he's not hurt and shredded. But I'm telling you, there's nothing better than the sermon prep. I mean, the, the church is growing. The messages are good because we are creating this space for grace of God to flow. I got distracted. It wasn't my notes. I'm finishing because I don't have much time left. But you need to recognize the unity of the Spirit. If I don't watch it, it becomes unity of the flesh. It easily becomes unity of the flesh. Look around. See if you are surrounded by the same people all the time. You have a little clique, little circle of friends. You don't let others in. You don't mingle with others. You're already in the unity of the flesh, my friend. So don't expect the Spirit of God to move mightily there. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> but you're comfortable. But I'm comfortable. Of course you're comfortable. When you're comfortable, you don't need to be lowly and patient and all of that. Because you're comfortable. It's like being in a nice chair in a nice slippers <laughs> oh we have fellowship in the spirit you don't you don't you don't all right okay my wife is amazing she's so hospitable we do the church and after church we often invite people to our house and our house is full of people and she cooks and we have good time and I thought that's amazing that's wonderful that's a biblical hospitality then I looked around about six months later and all of those people speak Russian that's that's not unity of the spirit. We slide it back. We drifted into the unity of the flesh. 
recently somebody called me texted me started asking me questions about this church of, of ours said I hear a lot of good things about a church I said oh, good well I kind of lost my church during COVID a lot of people lost their church during COVID and after COVID they never never recovered their church going practice no church involvement practice so he said I was thinking about maybe go and trying your church I said well my church is the best in in the area so <laughs> come check it out well, I don't care I said oh yeah, yeah yeah that's good and he tried one Sunday and another Sunday something would come up and something would come up and then one day he texted me and he said and I'm not going to use the name so I'm not offending anybody but if you're offended that's your problem <clears throat> He texted me and he said, oh, I've seen some pictures on Facebook. We have talented photographers. They put pictures on, on Facebook. And he said, I've seen this guy in your church. Is he in leadership position? I said, no, why? He's just a regular member of our church. He said, I can't stand this guy. <laughs> so I probably won't come. I didn't say it, but I said, well, I said, what's the matter? He said, well... There was a time when we were part of the same church and he was bombarding me with barrages of his political posts on Facebook and I got so, so irritated by that so I couldn't stand him anymore so I don't think it would be a good match. I asked him, have you ever come to him and talked to him about it? He said, no. <laughs> well, I'm not saying it. Guys, you're dumb. If you prefer that pity reasons for not being part of what God is doing among His people, you're dumb. And you need, you need healing right here. I'm sorry. I, ah, sorry, guys. I hope I didn't offend anybody. That's okay. Right. Unity of the Spirit in Christ Jesus and bond of peace. What is bond of peace? Bond of peace. God gave me this example. I was thinking of like, Lord, what kind of example can I give you? Okay, let's imagine you have some real difficulty with somebody. You don't like him. You don't choose him. You reject him. You can't stand them. And they go to the same church with you, let's say. And let's say you both love. And I'm thinking, I was thinking of like, what kind of a prominent figure political, politically I can choose today that people can relate to. And I couldn't find anybody. If I bring one president, half of you will be like, ah, no. <laughs> if I, so I thought, how about Ronald Reagan? Are we okay with Ronald Reagan? At least, I mean, I don't know, guys. I mean, maybe some of you don't like, but let's just, Im just let's imagine we live during the time of Ronald Reagan and we love Ronald Reagan and we don't like each other. But Ronald Reagan comes to Tom's and he throws this party, private party, Invitation only, based on invitation only. And it's, you're invited. And it's only like 10 or 12 people around the table eating and talking face to face. And all of a sudden the guy or girl from your church that you can't stand is invited to the same party. What are you going to do about it? But that's exactly, I'm describing you what, what is reality of the church. You are invited to celebrate at the table of Jesus in a very close, intimate fellowship. And you are invited exactly in the same way and most likely your place is assigned right next to the person you don't like. So you really need to deal with Jesus about it and with your heart. You really need to do some repentance. And I'm almost done, <laughs> like every preacher says 30 minutes before they finish. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm going to read to you 
scripture that Jesus gave to, uh, gave to all of us when he dealt with his disciples when they were doing the same thing. Mark 9, 33, 37. And they came to Capernaum. And when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you discussing on the way? Because he was walking in front of them and they were following him at a distance and they were involved in this conversation. And he knew what they were talking about. He had this prophetic thing going on and he knew that whatever they were talking about, they're going to be blushing when I asked him about it. And that's exactly what happened. He said, what were you discussing? But they kept silent. They couldn't answer. For on the way, they argued with one another. Who was the greatest? And he sat down and he called the twelve and he said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. And listen what he did. He took a child and put him in the midst of them, taking his, him in his arms. He embraced him. And he said to him, to them, whoever receives this one such child in my name because of me, because I'm hugging him right now, Whoever is doing that for the sake of me, receives me. And whoever receives me, receives not me, but him who sent me. Wow. A child back then at that culture was the most insignificant person you can find. And he wasn't like Herbert Child. How do you call it? Herbert Gerber child. It wasn't like a beautiful, like, big blue eyes. It was probably dirty with snot sticking out of his, or whatever. I, I don't know. I've been to Middle East. I know it's not pretty always. He grabbed him. He hugged him. He said, like, hey, do you see that if you receive him right now, you receive me? And when you receive me, you receive the reality of God into your life. Whoa. Catholics talk about the sacrament of this or sacrament of that there is a sacrament there is a mystery of impartation of the tangible reality of God when you receive other people in the name of the Lord do you hear me I know some people have to stay away and watch online because of their medical conditions and you have the grace guys but even you can be in contact with people we'll do something online in the future for people like that like real fellowship groups or something well anyway have you seen the pictures so please do not exercise your physical eyes when you interact with people here first of all recognize lordship of jesus by not choosing and picking the church if you if this is your church commit because these are the 12 disciples Jesus is giving you to hang out together, even if you don't like them. A second thing, learn to recognize Jesus attached to these people as grace. And believe that God gives you grace for these people as well. And begin to operate in that. Practically, you can do it by putting yourself into smaller settings. Not just coming on Sunday, but doing volunteer work with others, signing up for connect groups, doing something short-term. Whatever you guys are doing, just recognize the presence of Jesus and do it in the name of Him. Okay? 
Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you received a fresh revelation of the gospel of grace and that you experience the goodness of God in your everyday life. For more content like this or to stream our services live, visit thebridgespringfield.com. Have an awesome week.